Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. Henry from last man. podcast on the left. I have been waiting forever, man. We Dude. we've been our ships have been passing for years now, and it's so finally long. happening. It's Dude, finally I, happening. It really means something to me because I people ask me all the time, like, what do I listen to? Like, in terms of what do I get information from? And I listen to you. Somewhere in the skies is probably one of my is like one of my favorite pure UFO podcasts, and so I'm just happy to be here. Wow, thanks, man. Well, you hey. do such good work. You know what? I, and I will say, because I listened to the witness when you do the the the, the witness accounts, mm-hmm. like that is some of my favorite. Like, I don't know what it says about me, but I listen to it sometimes to go to sleep in hotel rooms. Like, I'll listen to it and talk. And then, like, really? I have crazy ass dreams, like, as I go, wow. like, because I, I find this. So I find every one of those, like, I mean, they're very, very compelling. But like, you have the nice, soothing music. And then every once in a while, I'll be like, and then I saw. The triangular object come <laughs> over the horizon. It's like it's my version of ASMR. Nice. Oh, done. <laughs> hey, I get. I actually I get that all the time that I put people to sleep. So I don't know whether to take that no, as a compliment or not. I get it all the time it's too. Nice. It's I, I, you know what it is. Sometimes it's, I'm alone in a hotel room. I'm looking for company, and it's nice to have a voice. And like the, my issue is that the reason why then I have to stop it is that then I get drawn into a story, and then all right. of a sudden now I can't sleep. Because I'm like, I'm under the covers, just like listening to because I, I find w- witness accounts to be c- deeply compelling, especially like anybody that has like, you know, we were just talking about it uh, on this week's side stories about like really the d- the d- d- dividing line between all these various stories where like if you see an orb in the sky, it could just be tech that we don't know about unless you have some kind of emotional reaction. Cause a lot of them, to me, the most compelling witness stories, all the ones are like, I experienced a wave of emotion right. when I saw this thing besides just wonder, like literally like hearing a vibe that's like, calm down or like, why do you use nuclear weapons? And you're like, <laughs> I don't know. My name's Tammy. I'm from Missouri. I don't know why you're asking me why we use these horrible things. Great, gray man. It's true, though, man. Like the the biggest question uh, that a lot of these people have when they see these things is why me? Like either why they me? feel like they were chosen, or or even if it was complete happenstance, like it changes their lives in some ways. So I'm happy that the witness accounts resonate with you because look, even when I'm editing those episodes together, I get so enthralled by the stories that I forget. Oh, I'm creating a podcast episode. I'm not yeah. I'm not just listening to this. Um yeah. so I love that. And you know, we're on 
I'm coming out with one uh, next week, actually, volume 26. Damn, so we're up dog. to 26 witness accounts volumes, which shows truly how prolific and how, uh, you know, how so many people are seeing these things. It's, and it's they can't really explain thick. what it is. Well, look at what we just we're dealing with right now. We got, you know, we're we're shooting shit out of the sky that we used to sort of like, you know, we how did we 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 adjusted NORAD so we could see slower <laughs> things, smaller things in the sky. And the first thing we're doing is blowing them up, which is the first thing it shows that like number one, they've been there this whole time because right. we are just turning it on now, right? So we're just turning the system on now so we can see them, which means this stuff's been floating up there, and then also millions i'm probably millions of people have seen something something anomalous that is in the sky and it's just weird how like they're all catching up and the first thing that we decide to do is scramble f-22s at it yeah shoot and ask questions later it's very american let's be completely honest but i really feel on that side well i talked about it it's the idea of like aren't these generals afraid i thought that's what george Knapp was talking about that he was so scared they're all scared of the phenomena. Don't, aren't you afraid to poke the bear? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't know. Right? It's, it's, why are we blowing them up? Uh, we'll go there. I, I definitely want to get your brutal thoughts on, uh, brutally honest, I should say, thoughts on all the stuff going on now. But um, I want to backtrack for just yes, a few moments. I know you've answered these questions a million times, but for any of my viewers, my listeners who uh, may not be familiar with your podcast and the work you do, um, you know, coming from New York city, I was a playwright most of my life. So cool. I'm always interested to, uh, to meet and meet other people who act, who, who are into the, uh, the acting world. So I got to ask before we even get to UFOs, uh, how'd you get interested in acting? How did that whole journey start for you? Uh, oh man, I am just not a skilled person. I think that's okay. how it started. Uh, I think that I was a ham as a little boy, and I immediately got a form of positive validation outside of my parents. Right? My parents were obviously, I was a kid that, like, you know, like many kids born in the mid 80s, was immediately diagnosed with ADHD. They're all like, oh, he's got our ADD, I think they used to call it, you know, and they're like, because I was very energetic and probably ADD. But the, what my mom did was that in order to like fix me, what she just said, instead of putting them on Ritalin, like they did with half of our generation, they um, just tied me to things, right? Like my mom would literally, I would be like a high security prisoner everywhere I went. I used to have two leashes on me. I had a leash on my wrist. I had a leash on my belt. I was walking everywhere. I was like, what's this? The Steve Buscemi oh, no. from Con Air, yeah. right? Like that's how I was put everywhere. Um, and I think that obviously exhausted my parents. But then everyone else was like, oh, your, your son's a, a little star. He loves to act. And I did immediately. And I remember the first act, the first acting job I got was in third grade because I, I was a baby model for a second. But then I was fired from being a baby model because I wouldn't take direction. <laughs> Which I don't even know what that means. I don't even know even like to this day. Yeah. I, mean. um, I guess I was tearing wow. shit up. Like I literally <laughs> was like an uncontrolled. I was like a little Mickey Rourke. Um, yeah. But uh, I got my first role in a third grade play where I played an alien that was dressed like Santa Claus. And I got the part because I was the first. I was the only kid who didn't need the pillow for the Santa Claus costume. And I was willing to do it. So, boom. What I first learned, the first rule about acting I learned was have no shame and just be willing to do what others won't. 
and you'd be really surprised what comes your way uh, if as long as right. you really allow yourself to get pretty gross with it. And then later on, <laughs> I think it really it came from um, just a genuine uh, deep vacuous hole inside that needed to be filled with attention. But then it, I weaponized it in a way that really worked for me. And then I also love it. I just love to enter. I love to be funny. I used to talk so much in class that so they gave me like 10 minutes at the end of the day. I had a fifth grade teacher who used to give me like a set that I could just do at school. And then I just started doing drama when I was 15. And it just has been this way ever since. And I went to Florida State University, which wasn't really like an acting school, but like I had good teachers that were all like, go, you should guys who just need to go to New York. And so my sketch group, my sketch comedy group that was together called Murder Fist, we went to Florida State University together and then we all moved to New York and then it, it went from there. All right. We just keep oh, going. I and I just love it. You know, it's just been, I'm very lucky in the fact that uh, we have no connections. I think we are possibly the, I don't know how, what the opposite of a Nepo baby is. Um, <laughs> we are the exact opposite. We are not wanted full adult like we were actively told don't join show business but yeah. now we've been doing it for long enough that uh, we just kind of weaseled our way in there that's awesome man well and you guys you you filled i think a void that was desperately needed in a lot of this sort of um podcasting world we live in you know you've got these ufo podcasts you got these true crime podcasts you've got all these things that take it way too seriously we started this 12 years ago last podcast on the left so those of you don't know i i co-host a show called last podcast on the left which is a comedy podcast about true crime paranormal serial killers everything that is within what we view a giant macabre umbrella you know it's all horrors imagined and real is like how marcus put it and when we started there was none of that we were we call ourselves second wave because the first wave was like adam carolla uh, joe rogan was only about a year before us mark Marin was about a year before us and they were doing one thing and at the time the only content that was out there was hyper what you were saying hyper truly hyper serious it was either well, we used to make fun of true crime voice we're like then Springvale, no one ever locked their doors, you know, like, and now like we, we started as an adverse reaction to that very, very heavy content because we knew we were the people that were interested in this subject matter and we're going to talk like it. So we know that the people that are act, the people that were actually into this stuff talked the way that we did joking about it because Gallo's humor kind of comes with the territory and uh, over time the show has really gotten thicker and thicker and thicker because number one, we know we want to be true to our audience and we want them to know that we are like digging hard. Like we're working real hard to stay up with the times and having that show be as, as thick as it possibly can be. And it's weird to watch an entire two, the entire genre grow around you. All of a sudden there's true, there's comedy, paranormal, right. true crime shows everywhere. And you're like, I don't, we started that, but I didn't know it would keep going. And so we're just here now. Now it's like 12 years later. It's like, it really just like, we just put our head down. We put our head down to work like 12 years ago. And it's like, we keep lifting our head up. We're like, what? Holy shit. Okay. Oh shit. And so we just keep doing it. We we just love doing it. Well, in that, in it shows. And, you know, I think what happens in the podcasting world, and I learned this early on, um, you know, I'm only like three years in, so that's nothing compared to something like what you guys have achieved, but you've done a lot in three years. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I've never missed a single week. 
Yeah. Um, and that's something I'll, I'm holding I'll myself I'll never to. experience a day off. And then it's fine. As yeah. long as you just never once experience a day off, then it's like you're not missing yeah. the you're not missing the weekend if you never have one. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> as long as you sacrifice your health, your relationships, yep. you'll have a successful pot. You, no, I'm just it's kidding. that easy. It's that easy. <laughs> it's that easy. Well, that's kind of my point, is you see so many people trying to podcast and after one or two, three episodes, they're like, oh, this is way too much work or I'm not making money off of this. Like I've done. And we didn't I, make a dime every day. Seven, oh yeah, of course. We didn't make a dime for seven years. We did the show for free at that level for seven years, but mostly it was again, it's because I didn't know, I didn't know what else to do. We were so interested and we were just like, why would we stop? We're, we're, we already, we're into it. We're watching the audience grow and we felt good about doing it. So we're like, we're just going to keep doing it. And it also, it, it it's reiterating the same lesson that I've learned in the, this business that I'm in, which is if you want something to be there for you, you have to make it. Yeah. And then you have to show up every day and you have to make it the job you want it to be without like, you know, now it's more like understanding, putting, making sure you're feeling the joy with it as you go. But, you know, we made it a job. Yep. And we exactly. now we're like accidental experts in all of this stuff. Sort of. It's more like <laughs> people ask me stuff and I don't even realize like what I know anymore because of all the years of reading all of this. You know, I don't remember my yeah. niece's birthday, but I know a lot about UFOs. But you remember what date, you know, the Roswell <laughs> crash happened. I'm just saying, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hey. Let's go there. Not Roswell. Um, Roswell's been done to death. But I was listening to one of your more recent episodes uh, on the Trinity UFO crash. What do you think of this thing? I find it very, very. That's my question for you. It's. uh, I I think that there is a reason why. Because now we're talking about like this new group. What's what's the new the new UAP group? It's it's not a tip. What's yeah arrow arrow yeah and that. What they decided was like, is they're going through this da- database. I've been listening to a lot of Jacques Vallée, right? And I love Jacques, right? I love him. Awesome. I think he's brilliant. Um, he, he can talk for a long time. And it's very esoteric. Like you have to kind of peel apart because he's much smarter than us. And so <laughs> I, I'm trying to listen to him talk. And he was kind of talking about how he was a part of the team to put together the artificial intelligence like aggregate software to put together this database of information that this new group arrow is going to use for witness testimony right from both inside the military and out and then it's that question of like well if roswell started in 1947 they're talking about all this shit's now going to start in 1945 so i guess like there's somebody in the pentagon that decided that that trinity experience was strong enough to be the actual big mark, the beginning marker of what right. we call modern UFOs, like you know, and and it's very interesting. I feel like the the, the main thing that uh that compels me is the physical evidence, like the idea of like a, a, some kind of object bounced off a control tower. Uh, is very it, you know we know that that ha- something bounced off a control tower. They said that it, that definitely happened. The weird thing with the the they cleared out all of the rubble. Like, you know, obviously the quote unquote men in black showed up, cleared it all up, but then like a bunch of poisonous plants being buried there or and planted there to keep people away. That was like one thing they yeah. said that, that might've happened. 
there's something about it. And having those kids have like, you know, those now old men have the memories of seeing this thing and experience this thing is also very compelling. And I, you know, it just shows that what we're dealing with right now, whatever it is that's happening in our skies right now over North America, like this is, this might be something attached to it. Like this might be Mm -hmm. something because if we can blow them up, maybe they can also crash. If it is what we think it is. Or if it's like, you know, uh, what's her name who wrote this story about the Area 51 who said that the actual answer to Roswell was that it was surgically altered prisoners uh, from Russia. Annie, uh, Annie Jacobson. Annie yep. Jacobson saying that he was sending these things over, which I think is a far crazier explanation than aliens. Dude, I, well, okay. So maybe I, it's the same shit. Maybe I don't know because they said they saw the little people yeah. coming out of it. So maybe in 1945, the Trinity crash. So maybe they're saying that that's what that is. You bunch of bunch of confused Russians just out of surgery, just going like, "Oh shit, the hell did we get? We were on summer vacation, and then all of a sudden now they're getting like, they're just getting scooped up and dropped off at Dulce, and you've no clue why they're there. They're being put in a a big tank, just being like, (laughs) "We are not aliens. We are just from other country." You know, and no one will let, and they're like, exactly. We got you. <laughs> we got you. Bagged and tagged. Dude, I mean, well, and that's, it, you bring up a good point. That's far more disturbing than even aliens crashing on our planet. If we were, you, if some country, whether it's Russia or us, there's even stories that um, we were using, you know, mentally disabled children and putting them up in these high altitude balloons to see those scientists how are going to get they would go up. Yeah, those scientists are going to get canceled. And oh I think they God. need to be really careful about because those I mean it does obviously seem to help in touring numbers, but when it comes down to they'll never be able to surgically alter mentally handicapped people for NBC ever again. Yeah. And that's the worst fate you can imagine. But no, it's really it's more that the idea of the links that the Whatever information that was planted back in the day talking about this incident was kind of it's kind of interesting how they show the links they'd go. I feel the same way kind of about like this is where we get in real conspiracy territory where like the idea Mm -hmm. that like you make the things inside of MK Ultra so unbelievable that no one would believe you if you even told them. So you create this crazy inner 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 secret. Like what, like, you know, we would LRH, LRH Hubbard, like kind of cemented with the Xenu reveal, which is the yeah. ultimate. You've been here for so long. You've been researching these things so long. You've given me so much of our of your life. I'm not going to show you the the quote unquote real inner secret. And it's this wackadoo like sort. And now it's too late because now you kind of have to buy it. Now yeah. you're invested. But yeah, I don't know because yeah, it, like the idea of wh- where's the information chain in Russia? Where is the the series of memos of finding the mentally challenged kids to do the surgery on? Who was the surgeon? Where did they do the surgery? Where are the other UFO like objects they would use? That was like, you know, I I was listening to one news report talking about how like if what we're seeing over North America is high tech from other countries, would they not have wanted to demonstrate total domination over the aerial space a long time ago? 
Why would they be waiting to just let it float over above Alaska? Wouldn't they be using this shit? So I feel like it's the same thing with with Roswell. Where and and what happened there? We're like, I feel like we would have seen a lot more of them if yeah. they had this stuff. But like, right. and oh, out in the open, that you would have seen Stalin riding one like a like a cowboy just to show <laughs> everybody he has one. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Well, and it's such a. Uh, a weird game and we're seeing it play out right now too. this this mystery has been with us you know even before Roswell and it's a matter of how will you know the government or the various intelligence agencies use that mystery to their advantage and I think that's kind of what we're seeing play out right now is they're not saying you know, they're all surveillance. They're not saying they're all balloons. They're saying they're unidentified objects. And what does that mean to most people? It's aliens. Freaking UFO. Yeah. It means so aliens. it's they, they know let what it they're hang. doing. Yeah. yeah. They wanted they wanted the confusion, but they now it's like the buck got passed to us to figure out why. Why mm. are you saying the word UFOs? All I've heard the word, all I've heard is the word UAP. Since December 2017, when those videos came out, like all we've heard is UAP. And then all of a sudden, as soon as we start shooting them, we're calling them UFOs. You know, like now it's now we're calling them that. But I I actually I really I I I guess that's that's what's so hard. Right. Is that conspiracy thinking is taking disparate points and trying to string together a story because there's a vacuum in information (laughs) and. So it seems that they are purposely doing it with a lack of information. Now, number one, does it mean that they don't have that information at all? Because that's a part of me. Like, Is it just general confusion? Is there a full Occam's razor to this where Mm -hmm. you got old man Biden who is just as scared of this stuff as everybody else is and they legitimately don't know what it is, right? Because to me, I would first say like if they didn't know what it was, they probably would have called it a balloon. I yeah. think that they we've seen this time and time again that they've they've just actively lied. But at least with Roswell, I'm going to come repeat this joke that I did this week. But it was like at least with Roswell, they gave us the the credit of giving us a reach around by like dropping off some fake wreckage. At least <laughs> at least they're like that was what I was saying. I was like, it's like show me a balloon and I'll yeah. believe you. You know, or two are they doing this for some? counter espionage deep like could some some propaganda reason to flex to china to flex to europe to flex to russia like i don't know and then on some level it just makes me tired because the one thing i know for a fact that now hearing them all talk about it makes me think when you insinuate that it's ufos and aliens i know it's not because you're not going to say it until you get one voting for you you know what i mean like you're not gonna get one you're not gonna i know you're not gonna say it until it is a we're gonna have a full rollout it's gonna be like showing that like tupac's still alive he's gonna come out you're gonna have that next to like you know everybody's favorite melissa mccarthy they're gonna intro the alien to society you know like they're gonna come out and say something where i'm and that's in my view where like if you start saying the word ufos it's like now you're just lying to me to my fucking face yeah. Like what's exactly. going on here? Like, why are you doing this? Because I know you're doing this for a reason. I don't know what it is. And the, and maybe it's because, you know, we, we brought it up this week about like covering, you know, like not 
necessarily wanting to get too deep into the fact that there was a massive massive chemical spill in Ohio. Maybe it's something like that. But it seems mm-hmm. to also tie into just this whole thing, this whole like new system as a whole, their new their new system of thought of like embracing UFOs, which I mean, I think for some is really cool. I've loved on your show of you talked about the hopefulness of it and you hope that it will bring some like much needed light and legitimacy to the subject where we can get some real like real money to actually investigate it and real people to actually willing to put their names on it and say i'm willing to invest i'm willing to investigate it for 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 quote-unquote reasons you know now that it's legit i'll do it or they just do it to bring it further closer to the vest being like now we got it now yeah don't worry we got but don't worry we're handling all of this meanwhile it's just more psyops that we're being yeah. subjected to and which I, and, and I'm not quite certain what the purpose of the psyops are. Yeah. I, uh, no one is. And I mean that you're so right. I mean, if they can keep a hold and control the narrative, then that's what they've been doing all along. But I think what we're seeing sort of play out Henry, which is the hopeful side of me. No. And you know, even more than I do, like, I'd love to know, yeah. like, what is the, what is the hopeful like angle of yeah. this? Like, it's hard. Cause there's, there's very little to be hopeful about when you kind of got your hopes up in 2017. I mean, there's no denying that story that broke in 2017, like was huge and it'll be a story for yeah. the UFO for UFO history. However, everything after that, it's what happens after. And we're getting groups within the Pentagon. We're getting um, Congress people uh, talking about it. We're, we're, a lot has happened. And now we're at the point where we're shooting them out of the sky and not telling the public what we're shooting out of the sky. That's all. It gives me a headache, man, thinking about it. But the course, thing I'm hopeful because, about. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. The, no, the no, thing please. I'm hopeful about is. Um, the ripple effect after that it's the people who like you said were inspired these scientists who are like whoa there's something to this so when you see someone like you know eric weinstein or um uh avi Loeb being like yo there's there this is legit now i can actually talk about this because i think there's something to it cool and then what then what happens harvard funds avi Loeb to go look for techno signatures of alien artifacts which is a ripple effect of everything that's happened post 2017. So no, that's kind huge. of the stuff I'm hopeful about, you know? No, me too. And I, cause I, I, the one thing about this subject matter is that I think obviously there's, there's a contingent of people who are like, don't we have more important things to focus on? Which I'm like, sure, sure. Yeah. Yes. There's been, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shit going on uh, to put it lightly. There's a lot going yeah. on, but there's something about this, this avenue of thought that I think can give humanity hope past just Bezos, like fat, like, you know, needing, he's trying to bail on us, right? Like Bezos did a little trial run to go to space to say the quiet part, part out loud of being like, I'm going to be living in space while this rock dies. All right. Yeah. Bye everybody. <laughs> and then realize it's real difficult. Like he got up there and he was like, Oh, this is it first class on the the emirates flight like i did that one time like oh this is not this sucks like i'm nauseous like this isn't fun <laughs> and so i think that there's th- th- that angle and people get but there's something like this that shows that like 
No, like in our new godless world, like there is something to like point yourself towards where you're like, there is, there is more to this. There is more to our reality as we know it. And yes, I think a lot of it's going to end up just being unexplored areas. It's just like sticking our head into, into closets and places that we have just not been and, and what, what it's going to mean and like looking at life differently. But I think that that's important. I think it's important to also know that like, you know, you don't need even a mystical reason to live. You don't need a, it's there, there's life is, is, is thick and powerful enough to be examined on its own. And it's here right now. Like, I think a lot of what we're going to see is some of the stuff that we're, we're, that's floating around and our atmosphere is literal living organisms that we've just never really cataloged before and never known Mm. how to look at. And that like, my whole thing with the phenomena is that it's like a 25 layer cake that has many different slots and many different things it it is inside one cake. And it's got all the flavors inside of it. And each one is true. You know what I mean? Like maybe there are like recon orbs from a nuts and bolts biological species that it's on its way here. Maybe there is an interdimensional factor that pops its way in and out. Maybe there is extemporal humans that are traveling and buzzing us every once in a while and sort of like a haze that they can't fully break through because of whatever the future technology that allows them to come and view the past. Who fucking knows? But I'm open. I am yeah. gaped for it. Absolutely. Man. I love on all that. fours. I'm on all fours, <laughs> ready to accept the phenomena, however it'll take me. As long as you got your knee pads. Bro. Yeah, I've been, I, I, I've been stretching. That's my lower <laughs> back's been killing me taking this phenomena the last uh, week and a half. Did everybody in your family message you? Like, how did you? Can I ask oh. you? this on you obviously we're doing an interview after this but like what is yeah. your family like do they all like ryan what's going on here the somewhere in the skies podcast is free to listen to every week but if you would like to help support the show we have a very active patreon page where you give what you think the show is worth in return you'll get early access to the main show bonus episodes and priority to ask our guests your listener questions. Your support truly makes the show continue and grow. So, to learn more and to join, visit patreon.com slash somewhere skies. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I threw two curveballs at my family. And that the first was I left pursuing being a professional baseball player to becoming no a theater major. I mean, that's cool, though. Major. That's cool. It's I cool. Mean, well, you're giving but... up sports. To, I think sports is something else because I, I got <laughs> to like I saw my buddies like I had two friends that were really good at high school sports and it was like one injury in their whole careers. over. Yeah. Everything that they've been preparing for since they were five years old is yeah. over. And what has Kirk Douglas shown is that you can be an actor for forever, <laughs> forever, man. It's a forever job. If, if you it let is. it, if you do, if you let it. Um, yeah, so that was the first curveball I threw him. And then it was the I want to pursue UFOs with every waking moment of my life when I'm not acting or when I'm not playwriting or when I'm not doing my nine to five job. And uh, I think they were a little scared at first. They thought I was going down. down well, the track um, record of ufology is not bright. Exactly. And no, no. I know most we'll people talk you, about that. You hold on, on to your love. You hold yes. on to your love. You make sure you check in. Uh, this, I mean it. I was during as these. So my wife and I, we were having a staycation. We wa- we were like, we, we've been working real hard for Valentine's Day weekend. Where it's like, we're going to go. We're going to go to do a nice little like stay at a hotel. Like, you know, like let somebody else clean the house for two days. And we'll like be like, you know, be sexy or whatever. Meanwhile, Shit's getting blown out of the sky. I'm watching C-SPAN. Like, I'm literally, like, watching C-SPAN and talking and, like, doing my aliens. And, like, Natalie comes in. She's like, we we need to go on a horse ride. We're supposed to go to a horse ride. And I was like, you're right. You're right. And she she understands. She married me. You know yeah. what I mean? Same thing. It's like, you're already in this boat. I don't know what to tell you. You're in it. Yes. Guess what, baby? You are an unofficial ufologist now. Unfortunately, yep. you're you're the first uh, sad this ufologist By wife. Proxy, baby. Yeah, so I know. Hard. Hey, but no, but the, but she like she's super into the material too. So like as I talk about it, yeah. but it is really funny to try to like be super like romantic and fun and emotionally connected. Meanwhile, like it's me just being like, "What's up there, Joe?" Like I'm like yelling at the president's <laughs> face, just being like, "You're lying to me, Joe," and then come back and yeah. try to make love. It's. It's hard, man. I mean, every day. And I know most of our listeners and viewers probably struggle with that, too. Like these topics take a hold of you because it's a burning curiosity and it could ultimately change everything about life, about existence. If we were to ever get any of those answers. I also I'm uh, still just counting on that thing. That means we all never have to work ever again. Like, let uh, them just come and then we just go up. I'll be a jester. (laughs) <laughs> for the reptilians just like put me i mean i'll be i'm fun i'll be like i'll you know i don't know what they'll want me to do i'll probably put various things up my butt you know what i mean i know that that's what they like apparently that's a thing i know well hey yeah i mean my family is so supportive now i think you know once they saw that the world was now taking it seriously and that there could be 
a core phenomenon happening. What that is, nobody truly knows. At least I don't think they do. Uh, that was that was the moment where I think like I could sit at, sit at a bar with my dad, and you know, instead of like watching the the Detroit Lions or something, we're having a conversation about the Rendlesham Forest incident or yeah, something dude. like that. You know, taking back. And he's the, the one asking me about it. it it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's um, kind of nice. I mean, I have had I to learn. It. I've learned like four sports names so that I could talk to other men so that I don't always talk about UFOs. But it is a thing where it, it is interesting how the topic really blows stuff up. Like we went to go uh, shoot a little pilot presentation for last podcast, the last podcast network. And we went to research on the, uh, you know, the Stephenville, Ohio, like yeah. Stephenville, Texas, uh, the, the group sighting. So we yeah. went down there to go talk to a bunch of people and that's, it brings people out of the woodwork because the, they were this, it's a very small town in Texas as we were coming, like they were not happy that we were there at first. Like we were getting a lot of people like driving past and blowing their horns and people yelling us at stuff like, and then at the end of it, like it was pretty hostile, but it, all these guys that were yelling at us, we were doing this bar shoot. They'd be like, Oh, you got an alien, you do an alien thing. I got a UFO story to tell you. And then they just like, all of a sudden they're, they're your best friend. And they're saying yeah. like hyper emotional, like, because again, the phenomena opens people up. Like yeah. there's, yeah. and even these like hardened Texans are like, like talking about how like it, we were interviewing this like little guy. He was a sheriff dude. He was like maybe five foot tall, like, Four feet wide, though, like a dual jack guy with a crew cut. And he was intense. But, like, at the end, of, like, he's getting emotional because he was just like, it, 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 like, it affected him. He was like watching. He was like, seeing that thing up in the sky made me understand that we're not alone in this world. And it's like, damn, like, it's, it, it really does have its UFOs have that grassroots kind of emotional effect that, like, I just wanted to tell that dude being like, all you had to do was take mushrooms one time and you could have avoided a lot of this mess. Like you really could have gotten a little bit more empathy into the system, but whatever works, like if it takes aliens that maybe that's the control system that Jacques Vallée talks about. Exactly. There's many roads to get to the uh, same destination, I think. And And just being, being chill, being chill. Yeah. And it makes you feel more human. I honestly feel that. Whatever these phenomena represent, they put us back in our shoes. When you see a UFO, holy shit, like you never, you've never felt closer to the ground in front of you in that moment instead of scrolling on your phone or thinking about what's for dinner or how am I going to pay the next bill? You see that thing in the sky that's not supposed to be there and boom, you're put back into the present moment like never before. And that's what I love about it. The immediacy, the vulnerability and someone like you said, with this, this Texan sheriff, like he probably doesn't open up to anyone. Like he did like that. So that's really cool. It It felt it. And I'm just so jealous. You guys who really have seen something. I finally saw my first orb and everyone's making fun of me because they say I didn't see anything. Oh, they said, Oh, you're drunk. And I was like, uh, I might have been. But also, so I know what? what I saw. I know what I saw. I saw, like, again, it was like I saw a blob floating down a train track. And, like, you know, I saw it down south. And, and they all got stories of that ghost train. That's ghost wow, train. Man. You know, and you're like, that's ghost train. 
but it's interesting. Like that's the closest I ever got. Cause you saw like an actual, like, well, I want to cover in our interview, but you saw an actual hard Hitcher. object in the sky. Right. Uh, to an extent, I saw a structured formation of lights Mm-hmm. that I could not see anything behind it. So I assume it was a structured craft, um, but I didn't see like machinery. We'll talk about it on last yeah, podcast, yeah. but um, over, yeah, over under our triangles, us tech. What's your over under mm-hmm. on our triangles, us tech. I have a feeling that the triangles are us tech and that the, the, there's a, there's a mixture of like, and if you did like straight up, it's just like when you see a flying saucer, nobody knows what the hell that is. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you think? I I honestly think with the triangles, we're dealing with man-made craft with some other technology. I, I honestly feel like it's the hybrid craft if there, feel, if there is one. Do guys come to you? with stuff? Because I get, I get some of these. And some I take – some I take – word for word and some are more like i don't know what you're doing like people being like i got secret information for you i got secret pictures i got videos that you can't share and do you when you see that stuff like what do you do with it like does it just inform like it's informed me i don't know what's real or what's not real it just informed me that the thing is really deep but it's like is there anything that you've seen that you're not allowed to show that you're like I'm sorry, I flipped this on you. You gotta no, take this dude. from me. You gotta take this show from me, dog. <laughs> pull it back. Pull it back. <laughs> no, that is a great question because I wanna, I wanna, I wanna know from you too. Like I get emails all the time. I get um, people sending me whether it's photos, videos, testimony, or documents. And I mean, I take everyone and look at it. You know, I think there's value to yeah. anyone who's willing to take the time to reach out to me. Um, but it's such a subjective thing. Like when I get sent something and they say, oh, my God, man, like this is going to be earth changing or like this. This can't be shown to anyone. And then I look and it's a photo of like just a, a blurry light in the sky. Well, because I understand it's that hard. person must have been freaking out. And Absolutely. There's also- and I'm not going to take that from them. No, and they're taking a the picture. They're like their hands are shaking. They're trying to take a picture. Of a thing, which is, I don't know if you've tried to take a picture of what you think is an anomalous light in the sky, and then I take the picture, and it just looks yeah, awful. Like, it's just not good, you know? But yeah. it they they felt the feeling of seeing something, and then desperate to desperate to catch it. And I, I, I you know, because, you know, you see it on all the subreddits. The, the main critique, which is, if they were real, wouldn't we have TikTok like full like 1080 like hd view of these things and it's like i actually don't know if we would i don't know whether or not if it is conscious in and of itself it seems if you do believe in the you know i love the new kirks greg and dan and new kirk do a whole show about like Mm -hmm. mixing like all of these sorts of like these these topics topics at once like cryptids ghosts aliens and talk about the capital p phenomena and the idea that like there is a trickster aspect that like kind of likes to flirt and it doesn't want you to take a picture of it. And it also seems to be a dance between the object and the viewer or how many times you've seen yeah, all of these witness accounts talking like that same thing being like, yeah. I felt like it knew I was watching it. 
and it was doing a the it was doing a performance for me. Like it was it was yes. a demonstration. That term you see you, that comes up a lot. And so yeah. like so you think that thing's gonna dance around, but doesn't want you fucking take a camera, man. It's like Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. He's trying to work stuff out. Like it doesn't want you to be there for it. It doesn't want you to nail it down because as soon as we start nailing it down, I mean, you know, again, you, you could have the best HD picture of a full saucer that you want. And there's going to be somebody that's going to take it apart as yeah. they should. I don't even blame them. I don't even blame them. Like, sure. Yeah, of course. Attack it. Go at it. You're supposed to, but it's like, you know, you're not going to make people believe, look at this stuff. Look what's been happening in the last like six years is that like, you know, I, I did a bit in our live show about like UFOs became real and absolutely nothing changed. So why don't we, you know, who cares? It's like, why do they think the theory is such a corporate thing to even keep it all down? I feel like it's just the phenomenon is hard to capture. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's crazy. And I think that's where the true like disclosure comes. It comes with each person who sees something. And it, uh, you know, if we're going to get like metaphysical, like the true disclosure is from within, like don't it's trust the heart. some government entity. Yeah, exactly. I don't need the U.S. government to make it legal for me to believe. I'm going to disclose to myself because if I don't disclose to myself, ain't nobody going to disclose for me. And I think that's what this is about. You really, it's about, again, it's letting, what's the control system supposed to be? It's supposed to be about looking up at the sky, taking a moment to be with yourself and the universe, and you would be surprised what comes out of that hello. You'd be surprised what comes out of just joining into the flow of nature. And yes, even if you're, you know, what do you see now on online all the time? People say touch grass or whatever, but it's yeah. like just being out, like just looking at the sky, looking for UFOs is going to even accidentally make you more connected to the universe at large. And there's, there's something about that. Like, I don't know if there's a direct personality baked into the operating system. That is our reality. I don't know if there is something like that. Like, like, but there's something to be said about how the phenomena is just saying like, all we want you to do is pay attention to your heartbeat for a second. Like, all we want you to do is to pull your head out of your ass just for a second and not think about all your garbage and just flow, flow with the universe. Because obviously, yeah, we're shooting these things out of the sky, maybe whatever this thing is that we're shooting. But it's like, it's just floating there. (laughs) You know, like, it's not zigzagging around. It's not doing even doing the other shit. It's not even like turning on nuclear reactors. It's not doing anything. It's just parked. Yeah. You know, like, and there's something to be said about that. There's something to be said about, like, having a moment of stillness. And this is me saying it, Lord of fucking chaos that lives in a world of shit. But it's like, it is, there's something to, about that, about uh, about literally what Whitley Strieber talks about, like, you know, com- literal communion. And what does it mean to, jo- to, to try to, to give it up to nature mm-hmm. for seconds at a time? Yeah. And it'll change Absolutely. you. It'll, it'll it will. It will. And then, like, you know, like, those, like, you've ever, have you watched a new documentary series on Netflix about mushrooms? The uh, Paul Stamets. Paul Stamets. It's like, it's really interesting, but it's basically just talking about the psychic qualities of mushrooms speaking to each other. That it's not psychic because it's mycelium spreading throughout the soil, but there's a lot to learn about the way mushrooms behave. 
that probably are a mirror to how our consciousness works inside of our reality. Oh, interesting. And that we're not, we're remote, that our consciousness is remote and that we're all like plugged in. And then I was just reading, you you ever read Gene Wolfe? You ever read the the shadow of the executioner and all that kind of stuff? I was reading a short story by him last night and him talking about like in this future that they understand that like they struggled for years to, to isolate particles and saying how like they used to call them electrons and protons. And now we understand there's only one basic element and one basic particle and we are all it and it's all happening at the same time and i was like i know i'm high as balls right now but i do believe that this is like more towards the truth than not that it's like this thing of you know that that, that it's very wooey woo very fern gully yeah. but uh, i i do think that there there's something to it interesting i'll have to check that out um well oh, hey man you. his short stories are great Gene Wolf is oh, yeah. great. He's he's the he freaks me out. Yes, to a to an extent where I think um it, it freaks you out, but it also again it makes you think and it makes you wonder, and that's what this is all about. Yeah. So uh I love it. Well, hey, I got a couple. Hey, of you got me positive. For you. you got me positive because it was good because I've been screaming. It's so nice. Good. To, oh, and I'm still screaming, but I'm happy. <laughs> I hey, if that's what this conversation is for, then we've both done our jobs. I gotta right? get my blood pressure checked on Friday. I don't know what it's. I'm a, I'm afraid. Oh no! I don't know what. Oh no! Be. Stay away from C-SPAN. I'll tell you. Oh that god! Um, <laughs> all right, my man. So um, we're gonna head over to la- last podcast soon, but I gotta get some listener questions in. Yes, please. For you before we go, if that's cool. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, Black Cat Report on Patreon asks. What advice would you give to a new podcaster trying to grow a community? I know we touched on that earlier, but yeah, any anything you can really say to someone who's just getting involved in the podcasting world? You have to have a naive attachment to doing the show. Like you really need to ask yourself to like, do I want to do this all the time and really love it like, and, and get into it. And the main the key is showing up same time, same place each week. Every week, being dependable. There really is a, the internet has a little bit like I was talking about somebody that the, the internet is a medium, and the fact that like you can build a trust with an audience that you can, that film and TV can't, and it's building a place for people to go, and it's really being there, you know, rain or shine. You know, I, I remember when I was starting to do comedy. In New York, I think the same axiom applies where it's like you do the same show for three people that you do for 5,000 people. Like you do the same show because you're really just trying to you you should be so in love with the craft of it that you're willing to move forward and you just you do it sustainably. That's what it's like. Make it a way that it's sustainable for you and you do it regularly. And then all of a sudden you're just going to wake up and you're going to have a whole body of work. And there's going to be a bunch of people there too. lose yourself in the, in a little bit of the work, but in the 2023 mindset mindset, like you do need to create space for yourself as well. Like you do, you got to, you got to like play a video game walk away like you got to like do that stuff so that it it is something you're super excited about coming back around to and doing Mm, 
Such a good point. And, drive, yeah. and do what works and drop what don't. Like, literally, there's yeah. nothing sacred. I think that's also an important thing, too. It's like, there's nothing sacred. If the episode sucks, scrap it, redo it. Yep. If they got to wait for it, if they got to wait for it, then they'll wait for it. Because it's better for you to show up with the shit good versus, like, eh, it's all right. It's whatever. You know what I mean? Just like, put it yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, just put it out there. It's just like, especially in the beginning stages, like really, really go for it. Because when we started, we didn't under, we didn't fully grasp that everything was going to be permanent. You know, <laughs> like we <laughs> sort of thought, it, but we didn't really understand that it's there forever. So yeah. that's it. Yeah. I love it. I love that, man. That's good advice for me too. Actually. Yeah, um, fucking, I wish I knew <laughs> we all do. Uh, Jonathan asks, uh, Actually, we had quite a few people ask this question. What is your favorite case? What case would you put before a skeptic or the public at large to be like, you need to pay attention to this. Like it's documented. Something truly anomalous is happening. Do you have like a case you kind of would hang your hat on? I mean, these days, I would put it towards uh, Rendlesham. I still think Rendlesham is, is I love I love that story. There is there is a lot to that story, mainly yeah. because of the nature of where it happened. Like it happened at this like the, the, the essentially like a place for us to hide our nuclear weapons in Europe. Like like it it's very compelling. I think I think that's really interesting. A bunch of people who are trained to observe or people mm-hmm. who saw it. I think that also points towards a little bit of physical evidence. Um, the whole bunch of people there to kind of account for it happening. I think it's interesting, and I think the aerial school group sighting in zimbabwe is also harrowing and just again it points more towards the physical slash psychic nature of the phenomena and there, there's that a bunch of kids all seeing the same thing drawing pictures of it independently there 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 that story freaks me out uh, because everything else kind of gets mired and stuff. Like you have yeah. everything else. There's so much noise around it, and also kind of what Jacques Vallée was doing in Brazil. All yeah. of those stories are very. Again, he's a legit researcher telling these stories, and it, it, they, there's. But yeah, I think R- Rendlesham and Aerial School are like my favorites in terms of like these are hyper these are very very compelling especially when i bought that like 250 like was a 2500 page self-published book the guy wrote about the information that was like downloaded into his head after he touched (laughs) the craft and you're like whoo man this guy did something happened to this guy i don't know what happened but he is he got busy i i have i got to write a comic book and each one's 22 pages and it is difficult the idea of writing <laughs> 2,500 pages, something happened. Something happened out there, man. It's definitely one of my favorite. I'm hoping to actually get to the forest soon since yeah, I'm you here. Gotta go. I got to go. I know. I got to take advantage of it for sure. Take Touch that Honestly, ground. Do it for the show. Then you make yeah. it. Then you can just leave the work. Like, cause like we used to do those all the time. I kind of miss doing the remotes because then you can yeah. kind of mix it up with people and do interviews on the ground. And like, I'm certain that you'll dig up a bunch of like people that were there. Like it, it sounds really, that would be incredible. Yeah. I'm on it. I'm on it, man. You've inspired me. 
I, got, I just got to learn how to drive on the other side of the road. I'm then very scared. Golden. I wouldn't do. I don't know. I'm not ready. <laughs> Last time we were in Europe, I, I wanted to try. I'm with one time. I have a vision of doing like a, a driving trip around Europe. I think that would be fun to do. But yeah, uh, you got to get used to it. You do. You do. Um, all right. Last listener question, Henry. I know we got to get we got to wrap things up here shortly. Um, do you. Uh, oh, here we go. Does Henry agree with Jacques Vallée's? Because up oh, there you go. He said the golden name, Jacques Vallée's position on the phenomenon as outlined in Passport to Magonia. Or do you have your own theories about what we're dealing with? Well, I talked a little bit about it, but I do think that. Uh, let's just say I've had chemical help with this, but I also understand it's very wooey woo. But I really do believe that anything that you can imagine is real at some point point some place some dimension the things mm. are just real that they, that you could if you thought of it you almost kind of just made it real somewhere mm. like i really think that there there's something to and that there's so many layers to the phenomena that i think jacques valet is like that's the one i like because i really appreciate the concept of there's a half a world that we're not paying attention to, which is like the psychic realm that to me is again, just unexplored science versus wooey woo. Like it's way more like we just don't really fully maybe understand or have fully can even can investigate what our observation does to reality and, and like how our group perception dominates reality and then like you know what is an outside intelligence what is an outside intelligence poking its way into our view of the world and the way Jacques Vallée paints this concept of like you know charting all of these stories through folklore to now and equating you know little people and and you know ogres and 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 ghosts and and different things to what we now view as like you know grays and aliens I think it's just really appropriate. I just think that it doesn't fit all the way in. So it's like, I think that whatever we just blew up, if it's not what I said on side stories, I do believe it's probably our private tech that we're blowing up. But if it's not that, and we're just blowing up these weird bogeys in the sky, that's something else too. Like, you know, I don't know what that is. Like there's something else. And then like, then I've had listeners say to me, cause like I'm way into the psychic thing. And then recently I had a listener who was like, you keep, you're honestly, you keep saying the psychic thing, but whoever is abducting me is pretty physical. And it's like, damn, that's like a whole other thing that I don't particularly understand. I did a, a narration for a documentary about the hybrid program, but Grace, mm-hmm. like, and the way these women talk about this, it's the same as sexual assault. They talk about this, like, like it like truly they experience something and then the the grief and of watching your baby be taken from you and and you can see these gray there and like is that a psychic projection from something else i don't know is that concrete concrete reality and they're feeling like it is so it's just very it's just it's just so interesting and it lies at the very weird hazy point of 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 observation and what is real you know, then you get to the Bill Clinton. What does is mean like that very bottom neutrino of logic 
of like what is real. And I, you know, I feel like we're fucking too heavy on it, dog. We're also yeah. fucking concerned about what's real, dog. When it's like the only thing I know is that like I can't wish taxes away. Even though, like, I wish I could. They keep, that's a persistent thing that keeps fucking rolling in. So, I don't know. I, I mean, who knows? I, but, but, yes, of course, Jacques Vallée I've been heavily inspired by. Because I also, I think that any one explanation is too reductive of right. what we're experiencing. Absolutely. I love that. What is real? I think that's a good place to kind of leave everyone wondering here. Quit your job, man. Yeah, Quit your done. job. Don't like fuck Jeff, dude. Oh, Jeff <laughs> wants you to come in extra on Saturday. Be like, what is the objective nature of reality, Jeff? Being come like, on, sorry. Jeff. <laughs> no, we have our, we're, with Ben Kissel. We have our active axiom, which is time is not real, but schedules are. So yes, we know time's a construct, but we have a we have a Zoom link that goes active at one forty five. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> it's done. It's done. Henry, Dude. brother, I know uh, we only scratched the surface. I got to get you back on. Such a fan. I'm so glad to be here. Love the show. Great work. We'll keep going back and forth. Um, you could tell the other ufologists. I'm sorry if I've made fun of them. Um, <laughs> that's an extension of my own insecurity. You can let them know. I know for a fact that it's like because we all have the same Winnie the Pooh shaped body. And this is this is how it is. This is just this is the lot we've been given. That is reality. Yeah. It is. Dude, before you go, please let us know where we could find everything you guys do over there and uh where we can learn more about you. Check out last podcast on the left at LP on the left and all the various socials. Um I uh I have a bunch of different, you know projects i'm working on like right now if you want to check out i do a show for adult swim called your pretty face is going to hell i don't do it anymore it's been canceled but i just say it out of out of out of just <laughs> grief remorse and then um but we have a new series on youtube we have youtube uh, ca- cartoons versions of it that we've been doing now um and honestly we're, we're doing a bunch of stuff like like i'm, I'm very excited we're, i'm writing a comic book for dark horse called operation sunshine it's a vampire heist story that'll be coming out in october uh it's really fun you know just like just i don't know very lucky and um i'm here man i love it see my bullshit see my bullshit because i don't really you can look at my socials but it doesn't matter i just post (laughs) i basically just advertise for everything else so it doesn't really matter it's all i know it's all all together Well, hey, we're going to go head over to your Patreon to continue the conversation. So everybody, I don't know when this will go up, but um, head over to the last podcast on the left Patreon. We're going to continue our UFO conversation over there. And Henry, I can't wait, man, to have you back on in the near future. Um, And we will speak soon. Thank you so much, brother. Of course, bro. I'll say it.
Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.